everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Stags Sports Wrap Podcast. JJ Duke, Drew Kingsley here with you. And well, it's come to that time of the year now. We mentioned it last week that it's all going to be postseason from here on out. But now it's actually going to be baseball pretty much here on out. We will have some updates uh, from some other sports as we go throughout the show, but the only action that happened in the past few days and the only action that happened on campus for that matter in terms of athletics would be Fairfield baseball as they hosted Manhattan in the one seed versus eight seed best of three quarterfinal matchup. The winner would move on to the 2021 MAC Baseball Championship Tournament Round, which would be a four-team double elimination tournament round. This season, Fairfield came out on top, winning the first game by a score of 2-1, to one, and then coming through in the nightcap. And it wasn't your regular season doubleheader of seven innings and nine innings. No, no, we're playing it old school. Regulation, nine inning, nine inning, doubleheader. A lot of baseball on that Thursday, but the Stags won that second game, 8-5. Drew, um, we got a couple of interviews that we're going to check into. I'll break down for those that missed the doubleheader on Thursday, but first, just some quick thoughts from you on those two games. Well, um, I think we would tell anyone who would listen. Coach Courier would tell anyone who would listen. All the guys on the team would tell anyone who would listen. This tournament is not going to be easy. You can throw 33 and one, now 35 and one out the window. Uh, Manhattan came to play. Manhattan did not play like an eight seed. They looked as good as anybody in the conference, one through nine. The pitchers they brought out there looked as good as just about anybody we've seen in the league. So it was the Stags won 2 0. It was not a cakewalk. If you're one of the many outsiders that have joined Fairfield baseball hopped on the bandwagon throughout the year. We welcome you. We're glad you're here, but yeah, those of of us who know the Mac, maybe a little closer than you do saw this coming. It was a couple of dog fights and it's going to be a lot more of that this coming week. I mean, let's face it, playoff baseball or playoff sport for any matter is so much different than a regular season for this format, especially you could have one bad day, one bad five-hour period your season's done and dusted and Fairfield knew that coming in and of course it was also the it wasn't a big talking point but it was a minor talking point that Fairfield did not play the previous weekend because they had a scheduled by they had fulfilled as much of their schedule that they could possibly the one outstanding was a no series against Maris but Maris fair play to them in getting as much done as they could so Fairfield were waiting a long time to get these games and they're probably actually happy playing on Thursday as opposed to Saturday two full weeks as opposed to 12 days or so without a game. But yeah, the Stags battle. And we'll just get to some of those big talking points from each of the first two games. As Drew mentioned, the Jaspers starters were outstanding. Game one, Logan Miratala, eight innings, two runs off seven hits, struck out six. Fairfield, they got a what seemed to be the lone run that might have been the difference for a long time with an RBI uh, base knock from Mike Caruso in the second inning of that contest wait around a long time to really get any sort of offense generated they got a big solo big fly from Mike Bichetti to lead off the seventh inning they thought that was going to be enough insurance for Michael Sansone who had a workman-like performance throwing over 120 pitches for eight innings but eight scoreless frames with eight strikeouts but Something that you're going to see a lot of in playoff baseball. Just because your starter does the job doesn't mean that the game's over yet. The bullpen's got to finish the game on their own. 
and Manhattan knew it. They had a chance to strike, and they did. They got to Eli Oliphant, who hit a man, walked a man, then struck out a man. He got lifted for the MAC reliever of the year, Bryson Cafaro, who struck out uh, Frankie Marinelli. We'll get to him in a moment. And then <laughs> gave up a RBI double to Sam Franco, then intentionally walked the bases loaded because it was at that time runners at second and third with two down. You load the bases. But then he got Matt Padre to fly out to end the game. So the Stags won the first game 2-2-1 two, two, in a game that actually took close to three hours to finish, which for college baseball, that actually is a very long game. So we move now to game two, and it was Jake Noviello who was not vintage Noviello by any stretch in the imagination. A lot of fastballs were left up in the zone, and he was punished in the third inning with a towering three-run homer left by Matt Padre. However, Fairfield would find their bats. It just took them a long time, but they had that big inning that they were so desperately looking for. It came in the fifth, where after a Charlie Pagliarini fly out to left, Caruso hit about a 40-foot double, where he popped that one up basically somewhere in between the mound and third base. The pitcher who had actually fielded a pop fly earlier in the game, this being Jack Mahoney, who was also a stud in that game as well. The line won't say it, but he was solid. He ended up waiting for someone to call him off, tried to make the catch, didn't. Then Matt Benuto singled. Owen Wassliger drove in Caruso with an RBI knock. And after a foul pop out from Mike Handel, Dan Ryan steps up to the plate, does a bit of tree damage to the pine trees beyond the left field wall. Justin Guerrero then went one better and nearly cleared the big tree over the scoreboard for a solo homer, gave a Fairfield then a 5-3 to three lead. However, Manhattan was not done yet. Sam Franco, two-run dinger in the seventh inning. Got the game tied back up at five. Fairfield then just grinded their way to a victory in the eighth inning. It was a couple of bloops, a couple of dinks, a safety squeeze bunt that ended up scoring a run. Everything that you could think of happened, it happened in that inning, but it was enough to give Fairfield a three-run lead that John Signore was able to close it out out of the bullpen, but he also picked up the victory in that game, which gave him the program all-time record with 22 career victories. So congratulations to the Stags, commiserations to the Jaspers, who had a heck of a season getting themselves back into the postseason picture and putting in a very good fight on that Thursday. And after the game, I had a chance to talk with Fairfield head coach, Bill Courier about that doubleheader and the expectations now going forward. Was this a little bit of a wake up call for the team? Or was this something that he expected? Well, I could tell you who expected this game and you'll hear from him now. Coach, these playoff series are obviously never easy. And you guys played Manhattan not too long ago, difficult games at their place. They came and battled. Um, did you learn anything new about your group today just resiliency or anything of those sorts first of all you know they came in and and played much better defense other than a couple pop-up stuff but they played much better defense when we played down there and their pitchers threw a lot better so those two things pitching and defense keeps you right in games and that's why it was close for so long because their pitchers were doing a good job Sansone was doing a real good job and uh, so that kept those games close. And, uh, you know, that, that, that can be the equalizer for any team when you got the pitchers that are doing a real good job and they're ahead of the hitters. And, you know, we had trouble staying in the zone. We chased a little bit early. You know, I think 12 days off from not playing uh, wasn't good. But you got to give the pitcher credit for mixing speeds and did a good job. So 
Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully we, uh, you know, play in five days from now, we're a little bit, little bit better and ready to go, hopefully our hitters. So, um, so we look forward to the tournament. And, you know, it was a tough day today for, for, for scoring runs at times. And then we explode for five, and you never know. Well, they do say that clutch hitting, timely hitting, and heads-up base running often yeah. win some games. And your group, if you don't have Caruso hustling for that double that goes about 40 feet, guys taking extra bases on balls that maybe get three feet away from the catcher. Like that, on the pop-up. That, those, are the, those are the differences in these yeah. games. And, hustling. Yeah. Uh, we almost had two across on that squeeze. You know, I'm called the second kid out at the plate. You know, so we we certainly created a little more uh, action there that 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 helped us scrape a couple of runs together. But uh, you know, but we had to. It wasn't like we stand at the plate and score 12 runs today. It seemed like it was going to be that type of day with the wind going out and the balls traveling. But pitchers, uh, for the most part, on both teams were better than the hitters for a long part today, other than a few home runs. Playoff games, obviously, they're a different animal, but especially with, as you said, your group hadn't played in close to two weeks, getting these games, I don't want to say out of the way, but just behind you now, how much is that going to help maybe relax the group going into next week? Well, there's no relaxing going into a a tournament with the four best teams that will be there. So, uh, And the four best teams that are there, I'm sure they're going to be the best pitching. So uh, I think we're going to see some, probably some low-scoring games and just going to have to be some clutch hitting and, and uh, good defense, solid defense around the pitching. So it's going to be exciting, and it's really anybody's anybody's win. The Mama's got some very good pitching, and and they play Siena, I think, tomorrow. So um, it's going to be exciting. So I think the best four teams that get there, they're going to be, you know, it's going to be exciting. With good pitching and, and the good hitting. So big thanks to Coach Courier, who, by the way, is just a little over 250 career victories with Fairfield Baseball. So congratulations to Coach on that one. So Drew kind of gave the nuts and bolts in the summary of it. But, yeah, let's talk about this game. And I I think Fairfield, as you said, they knew that this was going to be a battle coming in. But I think at this point, we know how strong this league is. You cannot take anything away from any team. And it shows that they don't have to be good enough to win games, but boy, if you let an opportunity slip away, as it almost happened a few times on Thursday, you're going to get hit for it. Yeah. I think that just about sums it up is that no mistake, no error, either literal or figurative goes unpunished in these games. And we saw it with, uh, you know, Novi leaving a couple pitches up and I'm sure he's very excited to get back on the mound next week. And, uh, Put, a, put in a better performance. Um, and we saw it in Fairfield's beginning, some bloopers start to drop. And that's that's how Fairfield got out to the, the hot start they got out to is they capitalized on everything, a booted ground ball, a hanging curve ball. And we'll talk about one of those in another series later. Um, you know, just any of those, like that pop-up that dropped, that run came around the score. Mike Caruso's RBI in the first game was a hundred hopper that had eyes and found its way through the infield. Just capitalizing on opportunities anybody can beat anybody in this league especially now when it's the four best teams and I think we saw this weekend these are the four best teams even though some others would also put up a pretty good fight in this tournament and they're going to be throwing their best arms they're going to have their best lineup nobody's holding anything back it's it's going to be a show I'm very happy it's going to be here at the stag dome I I think the players would 100% agree with that sentiment I mean And the other thing that was very interesting for Fairfield in this doubleheader, 
was how quickly the Stags were able to adjust from what would have been a stereotypical plan A. I mean, Michael Sansone, I was thinking, I said this on the broadcast uh, with my partner for the day, Drew Brown, that we were surprised that Sansone went beyond the sixth inning. I mean, this was a guy that, you know, the stats would say one thing, eight scoreless innings, but he labored. He had a lot of deep counts. Manhattan were able to fight a lot of tough pitches off, a lot of long at-bats in there. You'd think, okay, so this Fairfield bullpen that has not been used much this season, would they have a chance in this? But I think the faith that Bill Courier has in this staff is something that is exemplary. On the opposite end, you'll look at some of the guys in the bottom half of the order, and I've said this before, Everybody knows about Dan Ryan. Everybody knows about Justin Guerrero. Everybody knows about Mike Handel setting the table at the top. But Matt Benuto going and having a four-hit doubleheader. Owen Wasliger patiently waiting for his opportunity as a grad transfer, as it was kind of a carousel in left field. He's now taken the opportunity by the horns and not letting go. He had himself a three-hit doubleheader with a couple of runs driven in. So it's that – I know it's the next man up mentality, but it's also – taking advantage of a moment when it's given to you, because again, playoff baseball, if you don't be opportunistic, you're going to be left in the dust very quickly. Yeah. I mean, you talked about guys like Wasslegger um, and don't forget that the Mac player of the year is hitting seventh in that lineup. That's almost like starting a new lineup with him hitting first. And then a guy like Venuto batting second, a guy like Wasslegger batting third, that might be your one, two, three on some days. And it's really just giving the Stags what they need to keep going, not have or have the opportunity for any inning to be a big inning, no matter who's leading off. And the pitching, a lot of times, as Sansone did, the pitching has backed it up, even if it hasn't always been picture perfect. Michael Sansone got the job done. He was out there pitching like it could be his last start of the season. And he was just out there saying, this is everything I've got. And I'm glad he's going to have a chance to do it again. But he really left everything out on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And you spoke of Caruso, by the way, congratulations to Mike Caruso uh, for getting the Mac player of the year. And I don't think what he does doesn't get talked about enough. Obviously, solid hitter, you know, hitting above 400 this season. The power numbers might not be the biggest jump out, but the work that he does behind the plate in guiding the Stags pitching staff to what they've done this season catching double headers almost every weekend is insane. I can speak to how hard that is. That's not easy. Um, but he did the job and I had a chance to talk with him on the broadcast after the conclusion of the second game against Manhattan on Thursday. So here's what he had to say about that series. So yeah, Mike, this has not been an easy, easy playoff series for you guys. You knew that Manhattan was going to come and they gave you a fight down at their place. But for you personally, working with Sansone early and then getting John Signor to come out of the bullpen, what was that experience like? It was a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, when guys coming in, you just want them throwing strikes, you know, getting ahead, staying ahead. And, uh, you know, when you have your pitchers that are doing that, I mean, it makes the game that much easier. And Sansone was on. Uh, he was making a lot of pitches. Siggy, too. Uh, Novi battled. I mean, that's all we can ask out of our pitchers is to battle, to get us, get us an opportunity to uh, win games. Heads up base running seemed to be the big difference, especially yours. I don't know, have you ever hit a 40-foot double like that in your career before and taken second? But it, it mattered because your run scored. We saw that a couple other times, and that ends up being the difference in this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just about playing the game hard, and you never know what's going to happen. you got to run everything out, you know, and uh, things like that happen in this game. You know, you don't think, take things for granted, and, uh, you know, 
and uh, when you do that, I mean, your teammates can pick you up. So just always hustle. We've talked about it before, but now that you know that you're going to have a couple more chances to play in this field, wearing this jersey, how special is that knowing that postseason baseball is going to be staying here at Alumni Diamond? I mean, it's awesome. I mean, we love playing at home. We've been doing it all year. I mean, we love the stag dome. We love playing in front of everyone. And uh, I think the guys will have a lot of fun playing home uh, for the uh, MAC championship. So uh, we're ready for next week. We're excited and uh, bring it on. We're still waiting for that geographical pin to change from Alumni Diamond to Stag Dome. We'll keep working on that. We'll see you all next week <laughs> yeah, in the we'll championship see. round. We'll see you. Thank you. So now we look ahead to what is to come, the MAC championship round, which is going to be hosted here at Fairfield at the Stag Dome, still um, waiting for that geographical pin to be changed from Alumni Diamond <laughs> to Stag Dome. I appreciate that Mike got a good laugh out of that one. But um, it starts on Wednesday the 26th. Fairfield of the one seed are going to kick things off against Canisius, the number four seed, as the Golden Griffins needed all three games to get through a very game Marist College Red Foxes team as they split doubleheader on Thursday. Canisius then won game three, 10 to seven. Then in the, the night cap, if you will, the day or kind of the afternoon cap, because games on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are all going to be at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., which you can also watch all those games on ESPN+. Plus. By the way, the second game will be the Battle of New Jersey as Monmouth, the two-seed, and Ryder, the three-seed, will get going. The Bronx first, who absolutely just hammer the ball all afternoon long in the Sonny Patera Field in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, outscoring Niagara by a count of 20 to nine as the Bronx tabulated 28 hits in that doubleheader. Monmouth, on the other hand, they certainly left it late. They dropped the opening game to the outstanding Connor Bovair, 13 to five in the first game. Drew and I were kind of texting, wondering, so when is Rob Henze, the Mac pitcher of the year, going to get the ball? It wasn't game two. It was a strategic move by Monmouth, but it paid off because the Hawks won 14 to two, forcing a game three. Sienna would jump on Henze early in game three, knocking him out before the end of the fourth inning. But Monmouth survived, but it wasn't without a little bit of flair and dramatic as Alex Barker hit a 2 0 curveball for a grand slam over the right field wall, sending Euphoria into the dugout of the Hawks. They won that one 6 4. They're the two seed playing Ryder. And Drew, you know, we talked about, again, how tough this league is. We can make a case right now for any one of those four teams to win this league, and we can make a case, kind of like what we said with softball last week, a case for any one of those four teams to be the first out. This is going to be a scary good tournament. It's it's going to be it's going to be great baseball. Everybody has a number one starter that can go out there and throw a shutout. Everybody has a lineup that can chase somebody's number one starter after two or three innings. And everybody's got depth in that uh, rotation as well. It's not going to be, you know, throw your ace and then pray for rain. It's going to be throw your ace, then next man up, next man up. Shout out, by the way, that Monmouth series to uh, Danny Long today, who came in in relief of Hensey. And all he did was kind of quietly, because they were losing for most of it, or for all of it, throwing five and two thirds of one hit ball to keep Sienna right where they were at four runs and to uh, facilitate that comeback. So, and everybody's got guys like that. Fairfield's got a guy like Kafaro, a guy like John Signor, who was probably a little disappointed that he wasn't one of the starters that he has been 
through all Fairfield playoff runs through his career, but he, he didn't sulk about it. He didn't get down about it. He went out there, took the ball, retired all seven batters and faced and picked up the win. And congratulations to him. I'll echo JJ on being Fairfield's new career leader. But yeah, every team's got guys like that. And in these short series, anyone can beat anybody. Fairfield went 4-0 against all three of these teams in the regular season. Couldn't, couldn't matter less when you get into playoff baseball and all these teams pulling out all the stops. And I think you also mentioned about those 4-0 marks. All those games were played at Fairfield. So all three of these teams will have experienced, I don't want to say a level of comfort, but take a traditional six-team MAC tournament or in the past a four-team MAC tournament hosted at a central location that teams don't play in. It's different now. Everybody's been at this park. Canisius obviously first week of the season so maybe you throw that a little out the window because it was frigid and extremely windy as I, I think we recall how many balls got out of the yard that weekend it was a lot especially for Fairfield but everybody's played here everybody knows exactly what it's going to take I mean we're talking about teams that have been standouts in this league in the past Canisius and Mike McRae have won this league a number of times Ryder has been there in the past, they won twice in a couple of year period in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Monmouth, obviously a little bit more of a newcomer in this league, but they know what it takes to be successful in postseason. And then Fairfield, everyone's talked about the ride that they have had. Remember, you know, they won in 2016. They got to the final in 2019, but they're also hungry because they don't have that many titles, that ban that many banners hanging on their fence. So everybody's got a point to prove. And also, it's just, you know, that kind of extra little carrot dangling, knowing that you're probably this league, you feel like you might get a good draw this season in a regional. So I think it's all for the taking this year. Yeah, you talk about Fairfields uh, possibly getting a good draw. That's, that's something that's going to be interesting. Are they, is it added pressure? You'd like to say yes, but also they're 35 and one. So they've shook, they've shaken off pressure. You know, they've been under the microscope since that record got to about 12 and 0 or so. And they've overcome that pressure every time that it's been put in front of them. But yeah, it's uh it's a chance to do something special if they can run the table. And to be honest, if they don't win, it's still a chance to do something special and for the Mac, as strong as it is this year, to maybe be a two-bid conference. Yeah, I said it out loud. It'll, <laughs> it's, you know, nobody, I don't think anybody's resting on that. If you're in that Fairfield dugout, I think your mentality is the only way to lock it in is to win this tournament, but it, it's just, it's a really exciting time. And that's just another facet of it as we head into this week. So again, kind of wrapping up that port, this portion of the show, make sure to stay with us on fairfieldstags.com and also on the Mac website as well for updated times where you can find the game online and much more. A couple other news that we should be talking about while there were no other teams that were in action this week, a couple of national recognitions and mostly regional recognitions that were handed out this week to a litany of Fairfield athletes. We start in women's lacrosse where the duo of Kelly Horning and Maggie Reynolds were selected by the Intercollegiate Women's Lacrosse Coaches Association, all Northeast region second team. And that's the, the first duo of Fairfield teammates to get all Northeast accolades since Chelsea Sedaris and Megan Rita in 2015, the first title of this recent run that Fairfield have had on the women's lacrosse side. So congratulations to Kelly and Maggie there. 
Megan Forbes for Fairfield softball uh, earned herself all regional accolades, all Northeast second team as announced by the national fast pitch coaches association. And on the field hockey side, uh, the national field hockey coaches association uh, puts together every year, a division one, all senior team. Now, Um, In the past, there is actually a senior game that is involved, kind of like you see in every sports where you have the best of the bunch for seniors, get one more chance, a north or south type thing, or east-west depends on the sport. Well, this year, unfortunately, due to the fact that there were no, there wasn't a senior game, uh, the NFHCA was happy to announce at least the senior team, those players that would have had that opportunity. And congratulations to Fairfield senior defender Kelly Buckley, who was named to that list. And Drew, it's always it's always a good thing when you get the chance to announce some senior and all-region accolades. And I think uh, that group, those four student-athletes, outstanding seasons as well. And we could at least talk about two of those athletes that are going to be coming back and still doing some more things for years to come. Yeah, it's an exciting time, you know, for uh... – for me and for you, this is one of the first times we've really been around these classes to see them come in as freshmen and to you know hang in there all the way to seniors like we have with people like Kelly Buckley or Kelly Horning and Maggie Reynolds and these unique circumstances, the fact that there's the opportunity to come back for a lot of them, it's, it's really exciting. We've seen it, we saw it in men's lacrosse with players getting their extra year like Dylan Beckwith and just shattering some records in the process. and. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for who's coming back, who's not. In fact, I don't know who's coming back and who's not. But just across the board, a lot of these uh, players who are getting their extra opportunities, it's great to see because even some of the ones that got on the field this year got half a season, got a short season, got something like that. And uh, really, uh, this isn't my shout out, but a shout out to the NCAA for doing what they can to make good out of a bad situation. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to all of it. Definitely. Uh, before we get to Drew's final thoughts of the week, Uh, Two things that we want to let you know about. First up, in addition to Fairfield Baseball competing in the MAC Championship Tournament round, also uh, men's rowing are going to be competing in the IRA National Championship Regatta that will be over Memorial Day weekend down in the beautiful town of Princeton, New Jersey. So we'll have the updates for you on FairfieldStags.com. And just going to keep a shout out on this, uh, talking about the Stag Sports Wrap podcast. Um, We will be following Fairfield baseball throughout the remainder of their season. If it ends this coming week, if they go all the way to Omaha, we will be there for you. We may just have some different upload dates and times. Obviously next Monday is Memorial day. We will not be uploading on that day. We, we work hard, but we do deserve a day off now and then when it's the national holiday. So just make sure to stay with us on fairfieldstags.com as well as all of our social media platforms and when we do record our shows we will get them out to you guys but we can confirm that this will be our last regular monday morning release so with that said also just appreciate all you guys that have tuned in throughout the season this was kind of a um a a test run if you will of some new programming some new content out there but we appreciate everybody that has tuned in whether it was from episode one whether it was last week's episode Hats off to you guys. And Drew, now over to you for some final thoughts for this week. Well, as we we record this, it's Saturday night, but this weekend is 
graduation weekend at Fairfield, um, not just for the class of 2021, by the way, the class of 2020 was given the opportunity to come back and walk across Bellarmine Lawn, which of course they didn't get to do last May. So shout out to all those student athletes from last year and also this current class for persevering through this, this year, really all of our students, regardless of year for persevering through this year, but especially the seniors who were trying to wrap things up, wanting to finish their athletic career on the right foot, looking for jobs, which is very scary in the COVID environment, of course. And they just did an incredible job. It was, uh, it was a pleasure to cover them all throughout this year to uh, really feel like we got the chance to be there for them. You know, we have a lot of fun doing this. We enjoy it. But at the end of the day, that's what we want to do is be there for them. Um, really excited for all of them. If you head over to at Fairfield Stags on Twitter, just check out the list of some of really some of the most prestigious academic awards that Fairfield has to offer went to student athletes this year. Also a, a host of honor societies, national honor societies with Fairfield student athletes in them, um, graduating with Latin honors as division one athletes, just a crazy, crazy accomplishment. I, you know, I didn't do that. And I was not a division one athlete in my time at Fairfield. I, I can't imagine just that dedication and just, yeah, it's happy graduation uh, as a Fairfield alum, you know, welcome to the club. Um, it's it, once a stag, always a stag. I know it's cliche, but there's a reason for that because it's, it's a special place and you, you all did it. You all did it. And we look forward to seeing you as alumni for years to come. And I also just want to commend on Fairfield University for getting the chance to bring back the class of 2020. I know there was a lot of questions about what was it going to be like? Would there actually ever be a graduation ceremony for that class? Well, there was, and I saw a lot of photos and it turned, it looked like there was a very good turnout for all of last year's graduates to come back. So great job by Fairfield University administration putting on a lot of graduations <laughs> double the amount of graduations that you usually get two for the price of one in one year so um thanks everybody so much for listening to this week's episode of the stag sports rep podcast for drew i'm jj signing off we'll talk to you all real soon till next time go stags